Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Naturally, I am all about the importance of building our mental skills, right? It's what this podcast is based on. It's uh, most of the work I do, right? I help handlers um, build their mental game, improve their mental game so that they can get the performance they want in and out of the ring. It's like my mission in life, right? But this week, we're going to talk a little bit about emotions and the emotions that might be under those mental skills or might be impacting the skills that you have, right? So let's use an example. Let's use one of those, like, I don't know, think of those memes that like talk about like the importance of commas in the right places, right? That change the meaning, right? Um, Or the importance of inflection and tone. So if I say to you, um, oh, that leash is really interesting, or if I say, oh, that leash is really interesting. Like those are two different meanings, right? Um, and you take a lot from my tone, my delivery. So it's the exact same words, right? Um, but where the pauses are, where the commas are, where the inflection uh, is in it, um, as in the movies where the emphasis on the syllables, right? I mean, it just, it really depends on how I deliver it, the tone that I use, um, and all of that. And it might even determine our relationship, right? Our familiarity between the two of us, right? If we're super familiar, if you are, you know, someone in my like innermost circle, you might laugh at the second delivery, right? Because we have a relationship where I can, quote, give you a hard time, you know, and it's all in jest and it's all in fun and you understand that. Um, how, how you understand how to take something because of our relationship, all right? But it's all dependent on tone, uh, familiarity, relationship, kind of the permission that we give to one another um, to be able to say certain things or not say certain things, right? It all depends. Um, and it all can be the same skills. So what I want to talk about this week is that. Like when it comes to our dogs, we can be saying the same thing, the same words, the same commands, right? Or be giving the same direction. But because of our tone, our inflection, the way that our dog is reading it, maybe the situation, it can be interpreted differently, okay? So you think about even... um, I don't know, sometimes you're in an obedience class and you say, Fifi, come, and you say it differently and your dog doesn't move. Um, It's the same words, but you said it slightly differently. And of course, a good instructor who knows you well might call you out on it. They may say like, ooh, you really smushed Fifi and come all together as one word. They, They didn't understand it. Say it again how you normally say it, right? And then the dog comes, voila, right? So I want to 
kind of put forth that the tone in which we talk to our dogs, and I don't mean just speak, I mean give commands, give inflections, give a look. Uh, if you think about, and I, you know, of course, all of us do all kinds of different sports, but I, I'm reminded of the obedience um, ring because there's, it's like the least talking I do to my dog, right? Like, you know, I can only say a few things, you know, everything else is on body language and inflection. And maybe my eye expression used to be I smiled at my dogs, now I have a mask on. So, um, but that's all tone. So even though I'm not saying words, I'm expressing tone, and most importantly, emotion. So we have to think about not just the skills and not even and even go beyond our mental skills of being prepared and having our rituals and and being stronger and being more able to bounce back and all of those things are crazily important, right? I'm super passionate about it obviously. But I want to propose that your emotion and your tone are every bit as important in terms of your communication to your dog, all right? Um, if you think about it, then our sport is emotional, right? We are connecting to another being and trying to convey a whole bunch of information, sometimes from a distance, right? If you are in the agility ring or if you're in the field and you're sending your dog or you're herding and you're sending them from an out to an outrun, I mean, there's a lot of communication that has to happen nonverbal, and from a distance potentially, right? So think about that. And when, when we realize that, we're going like, oh yeah, duh, of course, right? Of course, obviously. Um, but I don't know, this lesson really hit home with me um, and Moxie because, um, you know, what is it when I get frustrated with her? What is that? Where is that coming from? And we're going to come back to more of that in the beginning or in, in a minute. Um, but it just is really top of mind. So I'm going to come back to that example. So one of the things to ask yourself very honestly, and no one has to know the answers to these things is, you know, do you get frustrated easily? Do you have a short fuse? Do you get dejected, bummed out easily? Are you passive aggressive with your dog, right? Um, Do you get overwhelmed? Do you get in your own head? Are you forgetful, you know, under pressure? Um, how do you respond under pressure? Does it does it make you step up or does it make you crumble? Or if you're like me, you need kind of the Goldilocks approach, which is like the perfect amount of pressure, right? Not too much, not too little, just right. And the thing is, is the tone that you use, again, not just verbally, but physically, what's running down the leash, says more or as much to the dog as their skills and their commands and all of the practice work you've done. And that's part of the reason why when we go to a trial and we step into a new ring or we're feeling the feels of being ring nerves or, or whatever we're feeling or anxious or whatever, that's why that has such an impact. It's not a skill moment. It's an emotional moment, right? And the dog is reacting to that. Okay, so we have to come to grips and get really honest with our emotions. All right. And um, 
you know, for me, I do get frustrated with Moxie in the obedience ring. And why is that? Um, I told my instructor the other day that I, you know, it's almost harder because she is, has so much potential, you know, and I know that she's so capable of doing these amazing things. And then when she walks in the ring and, and, you know, stresses down that I get so much more frustrated with her, right? Then, and what that comes down to is expectations, right? My, the expectations I have of her, I'm holding her to this like, perfect round, this perfect 200 that she's, quote, capable of doing at home. But the truth is she's not really capable of doing that in the ring, at least not yet. And so it comes down to, am I only going to be happy when the round is perfect? Or can I be happy with progress, right? Now we're tying in outcome and process goals, right? What is it that is, what does success look like, right? That's a common phrase that we use in corporate. What does success look like? What is it that's going to make you happy with your run? And how are you feeding into it? So for instance, in the case of frustration, um, what's the cause of it? What is the underlying cause? Okay, is it unmatched expectations? Am I holding her to some unrealistic potential st- potentially standard, right? Um, so not talking about our emotions means that we're not really getting to those underlying reasons, right? And potentially, you know, those reasons then never get fixed. And sometimes we don't want to talk about them because we're ashamed or embarrassed, but that doesn't help, of course, right? Um, Or we may feel it's a sign of weakness that we're feeling this way. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit we need help, Um, you know, sorting it out, right? Um, You know, in the case of uh, anger, for instance, if you're someone who gets angry very easily, you know, maybe you get ashamed of your anger, you know, and maybe you don't want to have to admit that to anybody that you actually get mad, you know, that when things don't go as planned. All right. So um, the other thing to consider always is, you know, maybe other stuff in your life has your emotions off kilter in some way. You know, you could be going through something personally, maybe something at work is really bothering you. Um, It's kind of one of the reasons I leave the phone in the car if I'm traveling on a Friday, right? I don't want to know what's happening at work um, because I know that I can be easily um, swayed or my emotions can get easily I'll call it hijacked um, by, you know, things that are happening in other places in my life. So I try to tune it all out, right? So there could be other stuff in your life that's going on. But again, it's not about shutting down those things necessarily. It's about oh, why do I feel like this, right? Why, you might be hangry. <laughs> you might need to eat a protein bar. Um, so you, but it's the realization of like, okay, I just got frustrated. Why am I frustrated? Where is this coming from? Um, because if you can't get to the root and you can't fix it at the root, it's like a weed that's just gonna go back, grow back rather. You're, if you can't pull that dandelion out by that long taper root, it is just growing back in the very same spot, okay? All right. So um, again, we need to face those emotions and the ramifications in order to grow. So if you got frustrated in the ring, what did that cause? And then what happened, right? It's usually, you know, maybe you got frustrated because, you know, your dog had a bar at the first jump, right? I mean, that is that is a, a 
feeling that I know a lot of you agility folks can relate to. And, you know, essentially, especially at the higher levels, you know, your round is over, essentially, right? You can't cue, you're done. Um, But then did the wheels fall off after you, you know, had that one error? Did you stop concentrating? Um, Did you stop handling? Did, or did you take advantage of the fact that, okay, we've already unqueued, I might as well try this other move I've been practicing at home, all right? So when you get an emotional response, kind of a big one, like frustration, we'll keep using that, what did it cause? And then just kind of follow it. And then what happened? And then what happened? Because the really the people who have really great control under, I won't even say control. I don't. I mean, you'll in a minute. We're going to go. Why I don't want to use that word, but like they have a really great um, sense of their emotions. Are the ones who can uh, adjust in that moment and say, "Okay, I had the first bar. I'm not queuing today. What can I get out of this run? What is the lesson? What is the process thing goal? What what can I work on now that uh, that this has happened to me?" Okay, so we're going to take a short, short break, and then we're going to talk about creating an emotional strategy for yourself so that you can get a hold of your emotions and use them for your good. Be right back. Hey there, just a brief break so I can let you know about a product that I personally use for my dogs, Summit Joint Performance. I've been using it for about a year on my older dog, Indy, and then last fall I added my younger dogs as maintenance. Here's why I love it. It's a one ingredient. It's chondroitin 4 sulfate. That's it. It's clean, 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 and it's safe to use with whatever you're already using, whatever other supplements for joints or anything else that you're using. My personal experience has been that it slays inflammation. So if you are dealing with inflammation or even think you are, I think you're really going to love it. Finally, I one of the things that put me over the edge is I watched the horse people, which that's my background or when I was a kid, and they had such great results with it. And that helped me really lean in, right? The Olympic level Grand Prix horses, you know, Grand Prix riders are all using it. And so it was one of the things that really sort of validated it for me before I started using it myself. And of course, came up with my own personal validations, right? So it's one of those things. I liked it so much that I wanted to sell it. <laughs> so I am a, a, um, a reseller of it and official reseller. And so the link is in my show notes or you can PM me at the Q Coach on Instagram and Facebook and I will get you started with Summit. I really like it. Give it a try. Okay, we're back and we're talking about creating an emotional strategy. Um, so as I said, it starts with how are you feeling? And it starts by being really honest about it. The thing that's kind of funny about this is we have all the feels as soon as we come out of the ring, right? We have all the feels. And, you know, in an ideal world, you would, you know, rattle off and dump it all in a journal or in a voice note. But I am going to argue that that's kind of the wrong time to do it. You know, later in the day, at night, um, maybe after your first glass of wine, uh, or you're back in the hotel room, or you're back at home, I think that's the time to really reflect on it. What did you feel, right? And what was the source of it? Were you frustrated? Was it an unmet expectation? Um, Were you nervous? 
And if you were nervous, what was the source of your ring nerves? Were, you know, nervous is usually a fear-based thing. Um, Were you really nervous or were you just excited? Maybe you were too excited. Um, Were you feeling pressure to, because you felt like you had one chance this weekend to finish that title and you put a lot of pressure on yourself? Um, You need to figure out why. Because all of those things, if you don't figure it out, those are the things that are impeding your flow. And the best runs, if you think about your favorite run, there's just this flow to it and just this like grace and magic and ease to it. And that's what we're all trying to get to every time we walk in the ring. And so when we have these kind of emotional like bursts, you know, kind of thing in our brains, we're impeding our flow. And a lot of times, one of the things that happens is our dogs have a reaction to us, right? Um, They will be like, oof, you're nervous. I don't want to be anywhere near you, right? You see dogs go in the ring and completely disconnect. And next thing you know, they're off sniffing in a corner. It's not that something is that super smelly. It's that they're like, okay, my mom just turned into somebody else. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm out of here, okay? Uh, My first dog would leave the ring. He would just leave. He would just leave the ring in the middle of an agility course, just bye-bye, gotta go. Um, And uh, he also did that in uh, obedience classes during the stays, right? And so what happened, what was the result that happened with your dog then as well? So get to those root causes and then try to work on how you're responding. But again, you're not trying to fix, like for instance, going back to frustration, you're not trying to fix frustration. You're trying to fix why it is that you're frustrated. Do you have an unrealistic expectation? Um, Were you extra nervous? Um, Were you sending something down the leash that you didn't mean to be or didn't want to be? Or, you know, did something happen right outside the ring right before you went that really got you off balance, all right? Those are the things you're trying to fix, okay? The rest of it will fix itself, right? The frustration, again, to keep using that example, the frustration will fix itself once you get to the root, all right? So the answers then become, it's all in how we respond and what we do with it. So if you know that this is something to work on, what is the plan that you're going to put together to work on this thing, right? This emotion, this response that you have in these moments. Because competition is stressful. And competition is us wanting to do our best, you know, in that one minute, you know, potentially that we have uh, to get it done. And that can be a lot of pressure for a lot of people. So um, how are you going to work on it offline, as I'll say, or at home, okay? So another way to look at this is, or another, uh, maybe another motivating factor, right, for wanting to fix this is, you know, when between us and our dogs, it's a partnership, right? It, it's a partnership that we have two beings working together, um, often with different goals, right? I mean, I don't know how many dogs are like, I would really like to get that title done today, (laughs) you know? But the humans do. The dogs maybe are just in it to have fun or to work with us or because they're just, they would do anything for us or whatever their why is. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a partnership that deserves both our understanding and our compassion. And if you think about that, and if you're putting that first, now you're starting to look at the ring through the dog's eyes or the experience even through the dog's eyes first, all right? We, you know, control is a myth. You know, we can practice all we want. We can have all the skills. We can, we can 
you know, get our lunch together and do all our things and control the controllables. But at the end of the day, we really are only influencing our dog's behavior. And um, to work as a team, to work with compassion and mutual respect of one another is the needs to be the root of that emotion because that's when we start to work as a team and when the dogs want to work with us. But, um, you know, beautiful runs, when you really watch a beautiful run, it's, it's like a, it's a song, you know, it's a partnership, it's a dance, it's two entities just working off of each other and with each other to the same goal. And I think if that's the thing we hold in our heads, and that's the thing we're trying to get to always, then, and, and aspire to, then we're going to want to really work on our part of it. Yes, the mental game, of course, and those skills and the things that we can prepare for, but also our emotional state and the the role that our emotions play, right? Um, the other thing I want to talk about today is the idea of plans. And I, and I feel like it's uh, this goes hands in hands with our emotions, right? Because so often we have a plan in place and it doesn't it doesn't execute as we thought it would. And then we have this emotional reaction or then we have an emotional reaction and then the wheels start coming off and then and then and then, right? And there's this quote that I heard recently uh, from Mike Tyson. And his quote is, a plan is all good until you get punched in the face. <laughs> And I'm not saying we have to get punched in the face, um, but we want to be able to plan ahead yet handle in the moment, okay? And again, emotions are related to this. Your mental game is related to this. It's the ability and to stay in the ultimate present moment and handle to what's happening in the present moment, what the dog is doing in that moment, what is happening in the ring in that moment, all right? Um, this sport, all of these dog sports that we love, require adaptability, okay? We're dealing with, you have a, a, a very, you know, you have a lot of variables entering the ring. Your dog has a lot of variables into the ring, the ring, the environment. There can all be a ton of variables. And you need to find a way to handle that works for you. You're not doing someone else's plan, but you need to be able to be adaptable and to realize that no matter the results, you're going to learn something. All right. It's all information. And I think some of the emotionality that comes in or the frustration or the disappointment or the, you know, the beating ourselves up, all of that comes from these expectations that we have and the forgetting of the fact that A, outcomes can't drive our performance. It has to be process based and that every single run we have teaches us something. Good runs teach us something and, quote, bad runs teach us something. It's all information, all right? And just like you're going to do some journaling at the end of the day to kind of see like how you were feeling and how that affected your performance and what you can do and, and how you can manage that, um, I would say the same for watching video, right? Watch it when you're less emotional, then you can take things out of it. I mean, I think video is an amazing tool when used to make yourself better. It's not a great tool to use to berate yourself. <laughs> or it is a great tool. You can keep watching that same mistake over and over again. But you don't get yourself out of it, right? You don't fix your emotion. You don't fix the skill. You don't fix what happened by wallowing in that moment, right? You fix it by watching it, doing the takeaway, getting the feedback down, and going forward, 
All right. So you want to be able to turn information into action and make that feedback, make what happened useful, right? Don't waste a mistake, you know, don't waste any mistake. Um, Use it to inform your deliberate training practice, use it to get better, whether you're going to use it to make your mindset stronger and better and your emotional response more constructive, or whether you're going to use it to strengthen your skills or conditioning or some other part of your plan. Okay. So, um, Yeah, so this lesson, I just want you to think about tone. And maybe that's, I know it's a vocabulary word I haven't really used uh, when I'm thinking about my communication with my dogs, uh, but I'm sure going to be using it in the future. So if you talk to me or if we do a coaching session together, expect me to bring up tone. And like I said, it goes for your verbal tone as much as your nonverbal and what you're saying and doing and even how you're feeling. Because of course, we know our dogs read us so very well, especially our non-emotional or non-verbal language, right? All right, that is a lot packed into a little bit of time, but I hope it serves you. And most importantly, I hope that wherever you're on your way to this weekend, this information is helpful and you can put it to good use. Be sure to hug your dogs and have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.